You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast featuring exclusive content and interviews with leaders in the WordPress community, covering everything from development to integrating your digital marketing strategy with WordPress. Join host David Vogelpohl of WP Engine and special guests from across the community as they keep you up to speed on the latest advancements in WordPress. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. This is your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. Just a reminder, you can subscribe on iTunes, our iHeartRadio, and as always, you can download episodes, look for Press This at webmasterradio.fm. I'm really excited about this episode. I get to interview someone I've known for a while, got to know his business uh, quite a bit, worked with people he works with. I'd like a welcome to the show, Kareem of Crowd Favorite. Kareem, welcome to the show. Thank you, David. It's a pleasure to be here. Awesome. And Kareem, we were talking a little bit uh, prior to the break, or prior to jumping on, should I say, um, about your history with CrowdFavorite. And I had kind of uh, assumed that you had found a CrowdFavorite, but that wasn't actually quite the case. Could you share a little bit about the history with, with you and kind of what CrowdFavorite is and, and how you got involved? Sure. Um, I'm actually, compared to some of uh, our friends, relatively new to the WordPress world. I came into the WordPress world in 2008. Um, uh, backed into it, but uh, I have a long history of starting and running web shops uh, since 1994. As a matter of fact, is when I started the first web shop um, that I uh, that I worked in. And, when, was it, uh, when was the web released, though? What was the the <laughs> HTML wasn't far away from 1994, wasn't it? It was right in there, right before, right after. Yeah, uh, I'd have to Wikipedia it, but I think uh, I started seeing stuff published around 92, 93. Um, and uh, a friend of mine was actually starting an ISP down in Los Angeles um, in 94 and uh, through a, a happenstance uh, there was an opportunity to actually start building a website so I, uh, I quit my job and started uh, started building websites out of an ISP and that became uh, one of Los Angeles's first web shops 
It's That's crazy. Uh, really incredible to hear. I started in 96 in much the same way. So, uh, yeah. So that's an interesting connection. So, you know, this episode is really kind of focused around the, the future of WordPress and open source and the enterprise. So, so maybe you could fast forward a little bit. Tell me a little bit about, you know, how CrowdFavorite started or, or how it Absolutely. kind of came to be and then how you kind of got in the enterprise business. Yeah. So uh, me personally, from day one, I was, I was always you, you working with enterprise clients. It's just how I fell into this business. But then uh, in 2007, I started looking around because I've been working with content management systems with the enterprise for years, and I felt like the future was open source, uh, and I didn't know exactly enough about it. So I'm I'm not a classically trained engineer. I come from the account management and advertising side of the business, uh, but I, I play with code. Um, <laughs> the developers at Crab Favorite uh, try to make sure that I'm locked out of most Git. Uh, repositories these days. Uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, I'd play with code. So I started looking at open source platforms for CMS use. And, you know, I know still today some people think this, but a lot of people were obviously dismissing WordPress back then as only a blog and only this. Um, as a businessman, I was I was very intrigued with the concept of uh, core versus plugins versus themes. So I did a little bit of ex experimentation. And I really felt compared to other open source platforms, this was the one that had the interface that was going to be dead simple for users or what the enterprise calls editors, um, authors in WordPress speak, uh, to start using. And I felt like this was worth digging into and playing with. And the next thing I knew, I was uh, starting to uh, play around with uh, configuring and uh, making changes on the back end. And uh, right when I was doing this, uh, we got, uh, uh, got a lead to work on a couple of, of projects. At the time, there, there was no agency that I was with, just some friends had reached out. One thing led to another and uh, ended up uh, being there when uh, Disney started to decide to move away from their proprietary content management system. And we started doing some tests, and I'm happy to say that the team I put together helped make the decision to uh, move to WordPress for the entire organization as a standard. That's so a that's pretty bold move considering that point in time. I mean, to, to think about it as open source is the future, WordPress plays maybe a powerful role in that. I mean, you're talking about right at the moment when things like custom post types were just coming out. Yeah. Um, so having that vision at that time, I mean, even today you feel this, is open source really have a place? What is its role? What are the risks? I can imagine back in 2007, eight, nine, um, and, and I was also around during those times, it's an even harder sell. Um, so why did you feel so confident at that time that, that more, organiza more organizations were going to say yes? Oh, to be clear, this was a conversation that literally took years. It wasn't until, I think, 12 or 13 that we really started using it heavily. It was just test sites and MVPs until then. But it was a conversation that people cared about. It was, you know, what is the future of content management systems and why do we have to pay for licenses? And it's not just about the cost of the licensing, but it's also the concept of having an open source community support something. There was a shift in IT management that actually started thinking correctly that 
um, the concept of zero day security risks and other things don't really have a difference between closed source and open source. You can you can actually uh, you can actually build a process, a business process, and an IT process around uh, securing open source, just like you secure a a licensed platform. And that sort of not to get into the technology of it because I'm not an engineer, but the that sort of opened up the business conversation of what is the cost of ownership of open source versus licensed systems? And that was sort of the toe we needed in the door um, to start having that conversation because you always have the classical folks uh, who said, no, I want something that's supported, right? And we were able to leverage the the old story about um, IBM uh, supporting Red Hat as a service and uh, you know bringing that bringing that into the enterprise to say, look, we can provide open source into the enterprise and still support it. We just have to have the right infrastructure as a service company around that. So we're here with Kareem talking about the future of enterprise and open source and WordPress. What I'd like to get a better understanding for of is how do you see the future changing? If today people are saying, well, I need freedom, but I also need kind of the stability within core, or I really just want to save millions of dollars a year by not going with proprietary CMS. Like, do you see that being like the theme for the next five years? Do you see that changing in any way? What, what, how do you see those things? Well, I see today open source platforms, including WordPress, as actually finally being completely competitive with licensed alternatives. Um, you have companies, not only like CrowdFavorite, but others who can provide enterprise class support for open source systems. Um, that's a difference that we didn't see five years ago or even three years ago. Uh, you today have folks who are willing to maintain feature sets you know you can call them plugins in, in WordPress uh, modules and other platforms that you maintain them at an enterprise grade. You have uh, hosting and platform companies who can who can manage enterprise relationships. Um, that didn't exist before. So now we finally have this infrastructure in open source to be able to really support our enterprise clients. And that's what's changed to date. Where it's going is really, I don't see how licensed solutions are going to be able to keep up innovation-wise with the speed at which the open source community innovates. I mean, look at the Gutenberg project in, in WordPress today, the speed at which that project has has evolved from last summer until now is amazing. Oh, yes. the, the global community that's, uh, that, I mean, Matthias leading the way, Yoast has leaned in, uh, Daniel, uh, who's doing the WPCLI project, has been doing a lot there. Um, it's really been a global effort by a ton of super smart people. And if, if this was a, a proprietary CMS and I was in charge of hiring people to work on that, pro I don't know if you could find these groups of people and, and even, you know, ha have the wherewithal to even find them and hire them to do this level of work. It, it really is impressive. Exactly. And... It's amazing to see not only how quickly the community can work, but that you know when when we have our our clients come to us and say, "Oh my gosh, there's a lot of information out there on on this Gutenberg project, and it's all contradictory, and I don't understand you know how to plan for this." We're, we're trying to reassure them that not only will it come together, but you know that 
the community has learned from its past mistakes of trying to push something out too quickly that was too too far along. So they will be taken in baby steps, and there will be a way of making sure that there's a path to upgrade. Um, the teams have been the Gutenberg team's been doing a phenomenal job of trying to communicate that, but there's just such a volume of conversation that they probably have to decide between actually writing code and answering every single query. <laughs> so right, I'm, I'm right. sure that, yeah, I'm sure it'll settle down over the next couple of months. But if you use that as an example, look at the possibilities. Things like Sitecore, things like Adobe Experience Manager, they're not going to be able to keep up. We're able to clone all of the major functionality of those two platforms in WordPress these days. It's just yeah, I don't want to pick on any particular company, but when I when I no, do, no, no. I know you're not either. But I'm just saying when I when I think when I talk to people about open source versus proprietary, I put it to them this way: um, proprietary CMSs, their pace of innovation is based on the size of the development team. Right. The ports it, and WordPress has the large in terms of open source CMS, and so you know you're not reliant on 500 engineers sitting in a, an office building in, in San Francisco. You're relying on a global community of businesses who are whose success is directly tied to that thing, and has an incentive to help make it better. That's correct. Yep. So, Kareem, in our last two minutes here, I don't want you to give away the, the sauce, but what would you be your number one tip if you, were, if you were a salesperson working at another agency or another product and you were trying to pitch WordPress to the enterprise? What's the one thing you would tell them to try to leave in the mind of the person they're talking to? On the spot like this, Kareem. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's so much. That's the, I'm trying to, there's a rich, uh, riches of ideas here to pick from. Honestly, it's it's to move past the old ideas of open source being a risk. Open source is actually uh, very, very stable and very welcoming um, to the ideas of working within the framework and sort of the risk mitigation and planning concepts that, uh, that enterprises need to work in. I like that. Move past perception that it's a risk. See it yeah. as an opportunity. I love that, Kareem. Thank you so much for getting on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thank you, David. It was a pleasure. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. You are now tuned in to the world's largest online radio podcast network for internet marketers looking to dominate the B2B marketplace. Webmasterradio.fm 
WebmasterRadio.fm is home to some of the most respected authorities in all aspects of internet marketing, from SEO to affiliate marketing to social media, e-commerce, mobile marketing, and so much more. Our hosts travel to all stretches of the world and speak to the impact players that are affecting our industry on air, on demand, and available on every mobile device that you can imagine. This is WebmasterRadio.fm. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. In this episode, we're going to be interviewing Mr. Shane Perlman of Modern Tribe. Shane, welcome to the show. Thanks, buddy. Good to have you here. And today we're going to be talking to Shane about growing your WordPress-based company to 100 people gracefully and beyond. If you've been paying attention, WordPress has been dominating, growing drastically um, over the last few years now at nearly 30% of the web. And the businesses that support the ecosystem um, are also growing at a mind-bending pace. And so we wanted to have Shane on the show today. He's built a successful business with Modern Tribe. We'll ask him a little bit about that, and then we'll ask him about some of the challenges and mistakes he's made along the way, um, scaling his business to 100 people and beyond. Shane, um, first question for you. Start with this pretty much with every guest. I'm actually kind of curious about this. What is your WordPress origin story? How did you get started with all this WordPress stuff? Sure. Um, So... Uh, I started, I mean, in my case, my origin story kind of starts in the dot-com bust. Um, I'm, I'm of an age where, where I cut my teeth in tech, you know, right as the uh, late 90s were booming and there was so much opportunity and I got out of college and I got in tech and everything just blew up, like right as I got a job, you know, and so I got <laughs> laid off five times in two years. Um, and I, I came out of this with this sort of idea that job security was perhaps more of a myth than a reality. And so I started freelancing because I figured, you know, if, if you're if you're building your own stuff and you're in your own job, like at least you're the last guy to get fired. And so we I, for for at least three, four or five years between 2001 and about 2006, 2007, I built all kinds of things. Uh, I built a number of custom languages. Uh, I as, as Joomla came on the scene, I worked with that, tried Drupal, worked with other CMSMS and then a number of other platforms that were just trying to figure out this question of how do you make content easy to manage online? Um, and, and WordPress was one of those early ones. I, I mean, we were in, like, I think the first project I did, I'm embarrassed to admit it's, it's pre 1.5. It might've been 1.3 or 1.4, I can't remember. Um, that's pretty early WordPress. 
Yeah, it was pretty early. It was it was a lot of experimentation at that point. That's very brave of you and, to, to to use it for a project that early on. I know a lot of people were kind of wait and see. Uh, it's interesting to see you taking such an early dive into it. I I will say in full honesty that at that era, most of the CMS solutions weren't all that baked. Um, and so this was like uh, up until recently before that, you know, everybody had their own home brewed CMS. Heck I did too. I had, I brewed, I brewed my own CMS in a language called Waitango um, that I called Rosinante. Uh, I always admired. I always thought that that was the most interesting character in Don Quixote. Cause like he's a nutball, but his horse, man, that horse would support him on whatever crazy insanity of a journey he wanted to go on. So that was like, my mission for my CMS. Um, but eventually like, as we did more and more projects, why we, you know, why, I mean, I, we, at that point it was I, but eventually we became a WordPress company was we turn in all these different projects and different CMSs to customers. And it was not calm. It was pretty common six to nine months to a year later where we would get a, you know, I'd get a call from, the business owner or the school or whatever it was that I built a site for. It's like, Hey, the only person who could figure out how to use this site just moved on. Could you teach me how to do it all over again? Except on our WordPress projects. We just didn't get those calls. Like people sort of figured it out. Well, the calls I'd get from the WordPress projects were like, this was great. Could you build me something new? And so while the code wasn't necessarily more refined, uh, definitely wasn't more refined and and the features weren't always there early on the the degree of simplicity of the user experience drove so much customer happiness that that seemed to be the best place to invest my time and my energy that uh i really love that you're kind of touching on one of the benefits i think a lot of developers overlook with WordPress, and that is the usability of the content creators and their familiarity with that product. I remember a number of months ago sitting in a big conference room with like 40 people from this organization, and they were considering different CMS. We were talking about WordPress, and I remember I asked the question, each, each group, there were three groups that were familiar with three different CMS, and I said, who has any experience with WordPress, who has experience with WordPress? every person raised their hand and you know, only a, th a third would right. raise their hand for the others. And, you know, you, you don't realize how important that is all the time. It's funny to hear that be one of the big drivers for you in those early days with tribe. And to be fair, it's, it's a driver as we moved further and further into enterprise projects. So when we do like a huge university project, when we work with somebody like Stanford or Harvard or, you know, a large enterprise with a company and we're talking to them and they're like, Hey, if you actually want to get adoption, if you want your staff and your team and your people creating content, just go ask them what they know how to use. And you'll find that within your organization, everyone has used WordPress at some point or another, whether it was a personal blog or at their last job. And that, that knowledge, that institutional knowledge is really valuable. Yeah, I think a lot of people overlook that. So you just clued in on something related to your growth. Um, you mentioned, you know, how you kind of started in the freelancing um, uh, as a solo person. You eventually started Tribe. Um, and then you started to use the word we. 
And then you talked about how now you're servicing customers in the enterprise. So maybe you could explain to me a little bit about how you became a we and um, what drove this this early growth from you, kind of this bridge from successful freelancer to, oops, I need a team and, and now I need to, to go hire some people. What was the driver of that for you? Yeah, they... You know, it's interesting. The phases were really different and had different reasons behind them. Um, so the first five years, it was me, and I was just, you know, I have this really clear memory where about three or four years into being a freelancer, somebody informed me that I was a business. And I was like, what do you mean I'm a business, dude? I'm just hustling. Like, I'm not a business. I'm just like, one dude, I'll do whatever you want as long as you pay me. Um, and then Were you it, contracting like, or did you experience. have a registered business yeah, at the time? No, I had no registered business. I was just getting paid. Like, and, I, and it actually, the, the reason that it transferred, and this was my first big project, was my, my father gave me a call one day and he said, hey, uh, I have a buddy at Boeing who needs some help. If you're willing to help him, like, I can probably get you that intro and, and, and get you a small, tiny project with Boeing. And I was like, that'd be awesome. I could use that name and try to leverage that to do some other cool projects. And, you know, and so when I did the Boeing, they're like, you need to turn in a business license. And I'm like, I need a business license. Those things. And then I went in and I found out that indeed, according to the government, I am a business. And so that, that be, that was like one of those mental shifts where, where I realized I needed to actually track my finances and do bookkeeping. And like, and so there was that learning phase that, then grew into, you know, I, Boeing led to another project with someone else. And I started getting these opportunities that were just a little bigger than I was, you know, and I couldn't quite do them on my own. And I started meeting other freelancers. Uh, in fact, in 07, I ended up taking along with Peter and Reed, a small investment in one of the first co-working spaces. You mentioned and Peter and Reed. because. And I know Peter and Reed, oh, yeah. but the audience doesn't know Peter and Reed. So maybe you could fill us in totally. on Peter and Reed and how they joined the business. Yep. So, so in the, ultimately, in that same time frame where I started looking for other people, I started finding other freelancers who were doing the same thing I was doing. And so Peter was freelancing, doing design and flash work. I was doing dev, some design, some audio engineering. Uh, and we just started collaborating on projects and I, and I was doing that with three, four other people and I'd subcontract some and we'd work on some together and sometimes they to have the customer and I'd help. Uh, and we formed a bit of a community and that's, it's actually the origin of modern drive. We were sort of an aggregated group of freelancers who found that by working together, we got access to bigger opportunities than we could have done individually. Um, oh, the Peter, tribe name. Yes. Yes. Okay. Now uh, we it makes were, sense. Totally. So for, for a while we were actually just called Shane and Peter because <laughs> we got to a point where Peter and I were specifically doing so many projects together as opposed to independently that his wife's like, dude, you guys should just merge your companies and quit arguing over whose client it is. Um, and so we, we merged and we sort of added a few more other freelancers that we were collaborating, but we had no employees. Like everybody was, freelance that's um and very we interesting. had this collaborative group so shane i'm gonna cut you off for a second we're gonna take a quick break when we get back i want to dive into a little bit more of this growth and how you were managing that you know kind of as you guys came together as this tribe of freelancers in a second um, but everybody hang tight we'll be right back 
Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate. Of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Let's press forward with more Press This, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, Shane, when you and I first met that first weekend, uh, I guess what, it was six months ago or so, or maybe it was longer than that now, mm-hmm. uh, we went surfing, um, and that was kind of how we bonded, you know, um, through my role at WP Engine or whatever. And you guys surf all the time, though. So uh, I know you and, uh, uh, oh my goodness, I'm blanking on his name right now. I know you guys, uh, uh, Peter, right, has uh, surfed quite a bit. I think mm-hmm. Peter might have moved even now, but tell me about the role surfing has and what does that time mean to your business um, why do you guys do stuff like that sure I we have a mantra that, that's been around a long long time at Tribe and it's what it's the reason we have our business uh, and it's live well and do good work and and acknowledging that every single person has a different definition of live well for us for a long time my passion for surfing has used as a metaphor to establish that. But, you know, we have people all over the world who don't live on water. Heck, like you do, although it's very weird that you have a surf wave in the middle of Texas. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't clarify that part of our surfing story. It's an artificial <laughs> wave in the middle of Texas. It was actually a, a ton of fun, but uh, sorry to interrupt, Shane. No, that's fine. It was really cool. It was a, like an adventure I remember. Um but for, for people, it's this ability, and it's why freelance, and it's why we shaped our business, that I really believe the purpose of a business is to be a vehicle for the life that you want, and not necessarily just for the ownership. 
I mean, obviously, like as as owners, we you know most people assume. Well, obviously, you have control. But for us as a business, a lot of it has been able to shape our business so that it's flexible in such a way that people can shape it to fit their needs and that they can do great work that they're proud of. Um, so a lot of that comes down, and sometimes it's aspirational. Like some people are like, well, does that mean you guys don't work hard? I'm like, nope, sometimes we're totally out of balance. Like that happens. Um, and it's something that we work on trying to find what is the right balance for each person. Um, but when it comes down to culture, acknowledging and talking about that stuff a lot comes and plays a huge role. For me, it's time flexibility. Uh, a lot of people don't know much about surfing. And the fact is where I live in my town, the best surf is at low tide and the tide shifts about 45 minutes every day. So being able to structure and schedule my business so that I could be out around low tide when that's available so I could go surf was one of the driving reasons that I established it. For everybody else, there's different reasons and different mechanisms why flex time and the ability to schedule your workday around, whether that's your kids or your fitness or your fun is what really matters. Yeah, I, I, I love that thought. You know, so many people talk about lifestyle businesses. You know, I need a four-hour work week or, you know, I need to be a technomad or, or whatever it is. And, right. you know, and I think, you know, that that theme is common. I think what was uncommon for me, though, about what you just said was you the way you extend that to your cust- your employees, the people that you work with, and that, you, you, you kind of, I guess, kind of reading between the lines there is that your, your management style is around, well, how can we structure the way they do their job to also be supportive of what's important to them and, and what they need to do in their life? In other words, not just a lifestyle business mm-hmm. for the owner, but a lifestyle business for the team. Yep, absolutely. I, I always know we're doing it right when in, in, you know, when on an average basis, I don't think a quarter goes by where we get a discreet ping from one of our customers who's like, hey, any chance I could work for you guys? I <laughs> know uh, we're doing good. Yeah. And the answer is usually like, no, that's probably a conflict of interest, but I really am flattered by the request. And, you know, maybe someday in the future we'll keep in touch. Yeah, it's funny. I was about to make that same joke and ask you guys if you're hiring. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's such a compelling piece. And I'm not looking for a job, but uh, it was such a compelling piece. But, um, you know, I think it's 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 so important, um, you know, that people and, and really owners and managers see the value in that, see the value of what's important to their employees and the people that they're there to support. And, you know, a lot of people think about culture as, oh, our culture is we work hard and we play hard. And, you know, that doesn't always equate to what's important to the individual, right? If you have kids, maybe you don't play hard. Um, um, And so, you know, finding that balance for the individual, I think, is important. Um, It's something that's been beneficial in our business, you know, scaling up to to our size and, you know, having started with Mm -hmm. one person and then going from there. Um, It's also interesting to kind of hear that mirrored in the way you guys think about that um, with your business. Yeah. One of the biggest transformations for us since between 2014 and now is this move to having full-time folks. So, you know, when you ask about like, how did we scale, where did we find people and what are those cultural changes? Um, Up until, you know, between 2003, I think when I started subcontracting, not just being just me to about 2014, we were a freelance, you know, collaboration. 
And, and the nature of that was that about every three to four years, the whole team would turn over. People would grow, they'd shake yep, out, yep. they'd burn out, they'd, you know, whatever set of reasons. And, and in 2014, we had this group of like, we were, we were about 20 was our size, and we'd been stable there for a long time. And we had this group of about five, six people where we just didn't want them to turn over. Like, we're like, you guys, you folks are amazing. What do I got to do to get another five years? And the answer we got was the same from all of them. They're like, dude, I need to see like a path for a career. I'm thinking about kids. Uh, I want to buy a home. I need to see a path that increases stability. I need to see, you know, vertical opportunities so I can make more pay and have more influence and solve bigger problems. And when we sat down with all of them, we're like, so basically another five year means we sort of need to hitch the knob a little bit. Like we need to up the commitment level on our side in order for you to up the commitment level on your side. And so we sat down as an org and we're like, okay, well, in order to make enough room for these people to be more senior than they are today, we need to have more projects and more teams. And in order to have more projects and more teams that exceeds the amount we could manage ourselves, because that's why we were capped at 20 people. We were capped at 20 people because each of us could handle about six, maybe seven people each management-wise before we deteriorated in happiness. And so we were capped to 20. So in order to get past 20 and make more room for them to be leaders and them to have more project opportunities, we now needed to have a leadership layer of our own, get ourselves out of projects. And so Reed sat down in 2014, basically designed an organization that had a directorship layer, you know, that had a director of project management and of engineering. Um, and so the thing that you wanted to do design. for your staff was yeah. basically to give them that vertical opportunity so they could accomplish the things that they wanted in their life. I think Shane, that's awesome stuff. And I wish we had more time, but we're out. Oh, um, we're out. Okay, thank you enough. again for, uh, for joining the show. Really insightful stuff. I, I think if anybody's listening and is looking for a job, they're probably thinking of you right now. Um, but thanks again for joining the show, Shane. Yeah, and, and, uh, you, awesome. So if you'd like to learn more about what Shane is up to, you can check it out at tribe, T-R-I dot B-E. Uh, just a rem reminder, the next week's episode is our Word Around the Campfire series featuring news from around the WordPress community. And then we'll be doing a special episode in March where we'll be recorded live in front of a studio audience during South by Southwest. Really exciting episode. So hang on for that one. And thanks, everyone, for listening to the Press This WordPress Community Podcast on Webmaster Radio. I'm your host, David Vogelpohl, and I support the WordPress community. And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.